Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. Say hello to everyone joining us online. Hug a mom, do something, do something. Here's what Psalm 139 says. For you were created, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. And I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful and I know that full well. I wonder how many of you can say, man, I know that full well. I know exactly why I was created. I know exactly why I am here, that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. In fact, right now, turn to your neighbor and look at him in the eye and say, hey, God crushed it when he made me. Go ahead, let them know. They need to know that they are sitting by greatness today. And here's your proof, by the way, Psalm 139. God made you amazing. He made you amazing. Today, I want to talk about the amazing you. That God created you on purpose for a purpose. And I want to use a story found in Matthew chapter 19. If you have your Bible, it's a story of a man named the the rich young ruler. And if it's all the same to you, I'm going to call him Rich the young ruler. Is that accurate? I don't know, but you don't either. And so there. And so we're going to call him Rich the young ruler. And he's coming to Jesus with a question. And here's the question in verse 16. Someone came to Jesus with this question. Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Somebody say eternal life. When he's saying eternal life, this means way more than heaven one day. You need to know that. In in the Greek, this, this is talking about everything that is available in God for my life. This means reaching your full potential, all that God has for you, like why you are on this earth, the reason that you were made. So this is a big question. In other words, this is about his purpose. And Jesus goes, why ask me what is good? And in fact, in classic Jesus fashion, he answers a question with a question. That's just how he rolled. Why ask me what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. And I think the reason why this young man, Rich, is going to Jesus is because he knows that he's more than just a good teacher. I think there's something deep down inside of him. He knows that this is, this is the Messiah. This is the Savior. This is, he's approaching God with this question. And so Jesus continues and says, but to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep the commandments. In other words, just do what, what God's already told you to do. See, uh, a lot of us, I think what Jesus is, is showing this man and he's showing us is that discovering our, our real purpose is less about personal fulfillment. Less about just my deal, my career, my dreams for my life, but it's, about, it's, it's, it's more about just being obedient. What's the next thing that God has called you to do? You wanna be fulfilled in this life? Have you been obedient? And we continue, it says in verse 18, he asks, which commands? Like, which ones do I have to follow? And Jesus replied, well, don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't lie. He says, don't testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. Love your neighbor as yourself. And what does he say? I've done all that. Check it out. I've obeyed all the commands. Apparently, our boy Rich is batting a thousand when it comes to, you know, being perfect. But he knows he's not. In fact, he knows he's missing it. And that's why he's asking Jesus the question, which is the reason why some of you are here today too. 
because when it comes to maybe God or church or Christianity, this whole, this whole religious deal, you kind of feel like you just, it's not hitting right. It's, you're just not, you're kind of going through the, the motions. It's not working for you. And I submit it's because you are seeing Jesus much like this young man is seeing Jesus and he was seeing him as a, as a supplement to his life and add on to his life. But can I tell you something? Jesus did not come to be a supplement. He came to be your savior. He's not looking to be an add-on to your life, but the full-on Lord of your life. How many of you know we serve a God who is an everything and nothing less kind of God? Like, He wants all of us. And here's the pushback. Here's the, the rub. Because as Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. So all while our boy Rich is, is looking to add a little bit of Jesus into his life, Jesus basically asked him for his, his whole life. And I think what he's trying to give him is the one thing that he's desperate for in his heart and in his soul. You know what it is? His purpose. His purpose. A reason to, to live, a purpose uh, to, to follow, something to die for. Jesus says, and come and follow me. And this man, it was the last thing he expected to hear. Look at verse 22. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad for he had many possessions. God, I pray that your word would come alive and challenge us today, that we would better understand our purpose and our place on this earth through the story. And maybe it's the one thing that you are asking us to let go of that is keeping us from fully walking in all that you've called us to be. It's in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Thank you guys, thank you bands. Uh, everybody in this room, I think, knows the feeling of driving on empty, right? Is that not true? Like some of us to, to varying degrees, like guilty as charged. Uh, how many of you, let's just be honest. Has anybody run out of gas recently? Raise your hand. You have, awesome, awesome. Like, like, I appreciate the honesty, right? We value authenticity here, you know, at Elevate Church. And so that's, that's great. Like, I, I've run out of gas a few times, three, four, five, six, I don't know how many times. But everybody in this room knows or believes they know that when their gas light comes on, you know how many more miles that you can go before you're empty, right? And everybody's like, well, you can go this amount more, or you can go further, further, you know, than this, or this is the right answer. Can I tell everybody the right answer? Here's the right answer. Stop and get gas. Take it from me. You know, I speak from experience. You need to stop and get gas. Here is my ultra spiritual transition. According to stats, surveys, conversations, and high school reunions, 85% of America, Americans, when it comes to their purpose, feel as though they are running on empty. 85% of Americans don't realize the purpose that they were made for, why they are on this earth. 85% of people. That's not just, you know, unchurched people or, or, or just Christians. That's everybody in America. In fact, it's been said the two greatest days of your life are the day that you were born and the day you discovered why you were born. And 85% of people in this room like, of Americans don't know why they were born. And so a purposeless life looks like one that is bored, one that is just kind of desperate for meaning, one that is spinning your wheels, 
Maybe you've been there and you, you feel that. That's kind of what it, what it feels like. I'm busy, but I don't know why I'm busy. Anybody been there? I'm busy, but I'm not sure what for. I feel like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not living a full life. I'm just existing. I'm just kind of getting by and rich. Our young ruler, his life looks great on paper. He's got everything. He's got everything perhaps that the world says you could want, yet he is still low on something, which is why he is searching out Jesus. A lot of guys suffer from what's called low T. 85% of Americans suffer from low P, low purpose, a reason to live our life, something to, to die for. How many of you know in this room purpose is powerful? Because when you don't have it, you feel the lack of it, do you not? You feel the, the void, you feel like something is missing in your life because purpose after all is the reason a lot of us wake up in the morning. Purpose is why we get out of the house. Purpose is why we do what we are doing. Purpose fuels our, our life, it fuels our day. I heard it said that purpose is the why that makes you cry. It's kind of cliche, kind of, kind of cheesy, but I get that. Purpose is, is the reason why you know that your life is, is greater, that there is a greater story being played out through your life. Purpose is the reason that I know that I didn't just show up here on accident by some cosmic explosion, but I know that there is a divine creator who knew the end of my life before the beginning of my life, and he knew my place in that story that he was making, and the same goes for you. That you were knit you were created in your mother's womb on purpose with a purpose. And 85% of us don't know why that is. But you were formed. You were in God's mind before the foundations of the earth. I'm not sure I believe that, Colby. Look at Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's workmanship, his handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. You know what that means? That means he created the thing that he wants you to do and then created you for that thing. Not the other way around. See, a lot of times we think, well, God made me he, and he's up there in heaven like, what am I gonna do with this guy? You know, he's average height. You know, he's a little slow, you know, kind of thing. What am I gonna do with, no, that's not how it worked. He created what he wanted me to do and then created me specifically for that, that thing. We can say it this way, God already determined your purpose, now it's up to you to discover it. So that's our burning question today. Mother's Day edition, what is my purpose? And that's a big question, in fact. In fact, I think it is probably one of the most important questions we can answer, and I think it is fitting for Mother's Day weekend, because here's what I know about every mom in this room, no matter what you know, motherhood looks like in your life, how you arrived at motherhood, where you are on that journey right now, and you do know, by the way, you don't have to be a biological mom to be mothering, to be nurturing, to be compassionate and caring uh, like a mother, but every mother wants this for their child. They want you to know your purpose, why you're on this planet, like more than, than anything, they want you to know why you are uniquely knit and formed and created on purpose. It would mean nothing more. I mean, there, I don't think anything would mean more to a mom than for her child to understand and follow their God-given purpose in this, this life. So yes, today we celebrate moms, we celebrate the champions that you are, the warrior women that you are. I celebrate my wife who is the greatest mom on the planet and the mother of you know, this church in a lot of ways. And so I celebrate her today and of course my mom. However, 
I think the best way that we can honor moms today is for us to understand and discover the reason why we were created and carried in their womb for nine plus months. Are you with me? I say plus months. I don't know if that's accurate. Some a little more, a little less. I get it. But I don't think we can honor them any more than just discovering. Like, that's what your mothers want. Like, why are you here? How do I discover my purpose? And so I'm going to answer that today by doing like Jesus would do by giving you three questions in return. And here's the first question. You ready for it? Who did God make you to be? Like, who did God make you to be? Anybody remember the question growing up as a child, what do you want to be when you grow up? Anybody remember that in the way that you answered it perhaps? Like, I'm still asking that, you know, sometimes like, what do I want to be? I don't know. My wife asked me that question. She asked me in a different way. Here's how she says it. When will you grow up? It's, it's a little different. Still kind of the same thing. You know what I'm saying? When, when are you going to grow up? I don't know. Um, growing up, I would always respond by saying, I want to be a professional athlete. Anybody else? That one didn't turn out for me. Um, or a dolphin trainer. Like that's what I wanted to be growing up. Uh, my six-year-old, Gray, he would say, if you asked him today, what do you want to be when you grow up? He'd say, a shark doctor. I'm like, what are, you, what are you gonna do? And I asked him yesterday, I'm like, like how, how will you know a shark is sick and needs a doctor? He says, if it's bleeding. I'm like, okay, I guess that makes sense. I Googled, uh, you know, some, some of the responses that kids will say uh, when asked that question. Here's a few, we'll put them up on the screen. One is, somebody said, I wanna be a wolf when I grow up. And somebody in the first service today howled. I think they wanted to be the same thing. Um, Here's another one. Somebody said, when I grow up, I want to get a hat and put it on. <laughs> I need to talk to that kid's parents, like right now. Like, can we dream a little bit bigger than putting on a hat? Look at this one. This one says, when I grow up, I am seven. I want to be eight. <laughs> I think that kid's in the same family as the other kid that wants to wear a hat. This is my personal opinion. I like this one. Uh, I want to succeed in herpetology, have a wife and kids, and breed dragons. Let's go. Like, I'm all about breeding some dragons. Let's do that. Uh, here's one of my favorites, though. I want to get a girlfriend, kiss her, duh, and rule the world. That's what they say. Hey, that kid was six. We are all going to be working for that kid pretty soon. I love that question. I love the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? However, this question is infinitely better. Like what or who did God make you to be? Who did God make you to be? And the reason you can't answer that question is because you did not create you. And therefore you cannot, you know, tell you why you were created. This question, who does God want you to be? This question consults your creator. And I think we can give it up for our boy Rich because I think he got this one right. In fact, because it says he went straight to Jesus. He asked Jesus, look at it again in verse 16. Someone came to Jesus with a question. So he went to Jesus, which by the way, can I just tell you, that's the best place to start. Any questions that you have, like that's where you go first. And so he went to Jesus. He didn't go to the world. He did not go to social media. Come on, somebody. He did not go to his group of friends even. He went to Jesus. And he says, teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? He goes to God. 
and says, hey, what do I need to do? Why am I here? How can I fulfill my, my purpose? How do I walk in my purpose? How did you design me and create me? And by the way, this is for somebody I'm not sure who, but you need to know that, that you, not the person sitting next to you, you need to know that you are a part of the, the genius of God who created you just the way you are. And he did not make a mistake when he made you. God made you that way, like perfect. And not only did he design you in a specific way with a purpose, but if you read through Acts chapter 17, it gives us this idea that God drew a line uh, around your life in your generation and your geography, meaning he knew when you would be born and like where you would be born. Like both of those matter to God, that he specifically puts you here. That's why we always say you are not here by accident. Like you are born when you are born on purpose. You are born, you know, for a purpose. Then he gave you these intrinsic gifts and talents and passions in your life and burdens in your, your life. In fact, Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians 12. He says, each one of you, and he's here talking to the church. He says, each one of you has been given something to do to check it out. Show who God is. That's why you're here. Like, God, who'd you make me to be? Well, I gave you something to do. I knit you together. I formed you to show who God is. And when you do it, check it out. Everybody gets in on it. Everyone benefits. Every single person benefits. And so this is everybody that's listening in this room or online right now. All of you have a unique calling on your life. We all have an, like a universal calling, by the way, and that is to become more like Christ daily, but you also have a, an individual calling, and that is to become the person who God created you uniquely to be because there is no one else on this earth like you. You were created on purpose with a purpose, and I pray that at the end of the day, you could lay your head on your pillow like my greatest prayer for this church is that you would know deep down in your soul with all authenticity that this is why I'm on this earth. This is what I have been created for. I was thinking about it, thinking about this hammer. This hammer, look out, look out, front row. Uh, this hammer was, no, I'm just kidding. You can't say that these days. Um, <laughs> this hammer was created with great intentionality, was it not? Like somebody sat down, a guy sat down and designed this. He saw a need and this hammer filled that need. So he had great vision. He had great forethought. He had some insight to craft something very specific, you know, for a specific purpose. And in the hands of, of someone who knows what they're doing, which is not me, like the ceiling is off. You know what a great carpenter, a skilled carpenter can accomplish with a hammer. So this thing was created to be a hammer. But what if, you know, somebody said, that's not a hammer, that's a saw. It's not gonna get a lot done, right? It's not gonna accomplish its intended purpose. You can, you can try to saw all day. And listen, I know this is silly, maybe perhaps a little stupid and simplistic, but 85% of Americans are doing this. Trying to be something that they were not created to be. And when you are used the way God created you to be, you know what? There is an ease that comes with it. There is a grace on it. Like you can get the job done that you were created to get done. But when you're trying to do something that you weren't really, hey, guys in the room, we are notorious for this. How many of you have ever tried to use the wrong tool to like, you know, get something accomplished? 
like to nail something in. You ever use the back of a screwdriver? Come on, let's be honest on Mother's Day. Or, or a wrench to beat a nail into the wall? Like, you'll get it eventually, but it's hard, is it not? It's difficult, and you might jack up a bunch of stuff in the process. And I think a lot of us, when we start operating outside of our lane of, of gifting and purpose, this is why the author of, of Hebrews tells us that you have a race clearly marked out for you, that you are to fix your eyes on Jesus and focus on him, but then you are to run your race. When you stop running your race and you start running someone else's race, can I just prophesy over your life, you are headed for a crash. You're headed for destruction. Like case in point, everyone who is, you know, the thousands of people who have auditioned for American Idol every season that think they can sing. Come on somebody, let's be honest, right? They get up there like, I was made to do this. I was created to, my mama told me I can sing. You know, I'm, I'm unique, I'm a special snowflake. And you might be a unique special snowflake. Your voice sounds like a baby goat eat, being eaten by a crocodile. I'm just telling you right now, that's how special you are. But you were created on purpose. And when you start operating outside, like, I, just, I just need to tell you, when we look around and say, yeah, man, I know I'm a hammer, but I, I saw the saw and I wanna be a saw. Because this saw was, you know, it was chopping down some trees. This saw, you know, has some sweet teeth on it. This saw, can I just tell you, comparison kills calling so fast. When you start doing something that you weren't created to do, that you were never designed to do, and it's frustrating, is it not? You know how many people are going around this world today trying to be something that they are not? And it's frustrating, and it's confusion. I'm just telling you, I think it's the older that I get, I'm learning, like, I, I, I'll take fruit over frustration any day of the week. In fact, that's what I think we're all after at the end of the day, is, is fruit, is being productive with our, our life, is using our life the way that God intended us to use our, our life to make the greatest impact that we can have. I don't know about you, I would rather stride through life than struggle through life trying to be somebody that I'm not. Are you with me? But 85%. Of Americans, so who God did you make me to be? And by the way, that is not limiting God in your life. You know what it is? It's it's liberating. It's freeing. When you figure it out, say, This is it. This is why I'm here. This is my my purpose. This is why I'm on this planet. In fact, this is what week two of Explore is all about here at Elevate Church. We do every single week. We take people through an explore track. Week two, it happens right after this worship experience. It's called the me I was born to be. And we go through spiritual gift analysis. We go through like personality testing because we believe that your design points to your destiny. It points to exactly why you are on this earth. And I invite you to come be a part of that right after this, this worship experience. Here's number two question. You ready for it? I gotta move. One person is, who am I? Becoming, and here's the operative word, today. Like, who am I becoming right now? Do you know what the two sexiest words are for all Christians? It's calling and future. We love those words. <laughs> calling and future. And here's why I love this question, because this is about present and this is about character. It's who are you becoming today? See, we are... We're obsessed with calling, God is obsessed with character. We're obsessed with, with influence, 
and having massive influence. In fact, we have a job now. You can be a professional influencer on social media, right? We're obsessed with influence. God is obsessed with integrity. The world looks at the outside, but God, he looks at, at our heart. He cares about what's happening on the inside. So I'm not saying God doesn't you know, love what you wanna do in the future and all that kind of stuff, but can I tell you something? He loves who you're becoming right now. He loves the way you're changing right now and growing right now and developing right now. And let's look back at our story in verse 21. Jesus said to Rich, he says, if you really wanna be perfect, here's what you have to do. Go and sell everything that you own, give your money to the poor and your treasure will be transferred into heaven. Then come back and follow me for the rest of your life. Here's what you need to know. He said, come back and follow me and continue this journey. This isn't just about salvation. And a lot of people wanna stop at salvation, not realizing you are not just saved from, but you are saved for something. You are saved on, on purpose to do something, like in this world. And a lot of people just stop as saved for. And they say, I'm done there. In fact, one of the greatest promises in all scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11, does not say for I know the plans I have for me, just for I know the plans you have for me, that God has, that God has for, for me. Jesus is saying, I've got so much plans for you. I have so much calling, but you have to, to follow me. You, you're not ready to jump in right now because there's one thing that is holding you back. He's talking to this rich young ruler. There's one thing that's holding you back. There are these possessions that you have that are keeping you from stepping into your calling. And so we need to work on your character first, character before calling. And I'll just tell you this, I don't think God will let you experience your complete calling until uh, you work on an unfinished character that's in your life. Like, I don't think he'll let you experience it all. Like, you, your character needs to constantly be developed and growing. So what are you doing today? How are you becoming uh, more like Christ today? Because again, notice he gave Rich one thing to do, sell your possessions give to the poor. Now, of course, he's talking to him because he knew that that was the thing that was connected and tied to his heart. I don't know what it is for you, but chances are there is one thing that you can do to continue in this journey of following Christ. See, we love revelation, you know, when we're in a, listening to a message or a sermon. I, I used to love getting revelations from God. I'm like, oh yeah, that's good. That's good. That's for me. That's for me. But I can't tell you how many times that I never followed through on what it was that God was telling me. And for some of you, you're like, well, I've asked God. You know, guide me, guide me, God. Can I ask you this question? Are you guidable? God, move me. Give me my purpose. Are you movable? Well, God's not speaking to me anymore. Well, that could be one of two things. One is either you're not listening or two, God's just waiting for you to do the last thing that he told you to do. And so you need to make some movement on what he's called you to do. Like I'm just telling you, the more you level up in your character, the less of a limit you place on God's calling in your life. We just need to level this, this up. So who are you becoming today? Character over calling. Integrity over Influence. What would it look like, honestly, if there was a generation of young people who decided, you know what, I'm going to let integrity outpace influence? 
Like, what do you think our world would look like if people just rose up and said, you know what? Influence is at the bottom of my list instead of the top of my list. Not worried about my influence. I'm worried about who I am becoming today, today. And here's why we need to worry about this. Because purpose is a blessing, but blessings can also be burdens. Did you know that? You know why they can be burdens? Because they're heavy. Just because it's a blessing doesn't mean it's going to be easy and light. Blessings carry weight with them. They're heavy. I was thinking about this, how you ever been in a squat rack you know, at a gym? And I mean to do, let me clarify, to do more than just take a picture, you know, a gym selfie. Like you're actually lifting some weights, you're actually squatting that weight. Anybody done that? The reason why you do that, right, is to develop muscles in order to lift that, that weight. It could be that for some of you, your calling has not yet come because you have not developed the muscle of character that will carry the weight of that calling. Are you with me? It could be that you're waiting on that. And if your character is not strengthening, it could be your future is, is stagnant. You're not moving forward in what God has for you to do. Here's a third question. Are we good? All right, band, you guys can get ready. What would Jesus do if he were you? And I'd like to thank Dr. Seuss for that question. What would Jesus do if he were you? Back to this story, uh, Jesus told this man to keep the Ten Commandments. And in verse 20, he says, man, I've done all that. What's left? And he basically tells him, okay, here's what's left. You need to get rid of everything. You need to lose everything and you need to follow me. And it's only when you lose your life will you find your life. You just give it all up. But the heartbreaking ending of this story in verse 22 is it says, that was the last thing he expected to hear. I just thought this is for somebody it could be the very thing that God wants to move you from where you are to where he wants you next. It could be the one thing that you don't wanna hear. It could be the last thing on your list that you're even thinking of. I don't know who that's for, that's for somebody. It could be for more people. But he says he's holding tightly to a lot of things he could not bear to let go. This story, by the way, is found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the synoptic gospels. Colby, is that important? Yeah, it's important because repetition means something. And here's what I think repetition means for us. It means that you don't have to walk away from here today sad, disappointed like this man did. You don't have to live that way. Like for some of you that have never said yes to Jesus and followed Jesus, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to do that before you leave today because it begins and ends with Jesus, but I can sum up your purpose in three steps. Are you ready for them? Here's number one, be with Jesus. Number one, become like Jesus. Number two, and then number three, just do what he would do. Be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and do what he would do. You remember the, the story of Mary and Martha in the Bible? Um, Mary, Mary and Martha are having Jesus over for, for dinner. And Ben, you guys can come help me out. Uh, they're having Jesus over for dinner. And Martha is your classic Enneagram, you know, two with a wing one. And she's sitting there. She's like busy in the details and preparations, making things hospitable, you know, getting everything to order. And then you have Mary, who's classic birth order, youngest in the family, just doing nothing. Come on, you have a younger brother or sister, just sits there, just lazy, just chilling out. And Martha says, Jesus, tell my lazy sister, and she doesn't even use her name. She's so mad at her, she doesn't say Mary. She says, tell my sister 
She needs to come here and help me. And what does Jesus say? He says, actually, Mary is, has discovered what's most important, what's most valuable. In the whole human experience, she's figured it out. You know what it was? Be with God. Not do a bunch of stuff. Just be, be with God. Be with Jesus. Spend time with Jesus. And I say that because I think the church, honestly, sometimes has become the most anxious group of people on the planet, constantly running around trying to do stuff for God. When our primary purpose is, you know what it is? Be with God. Spend time with Jesus. Allow God to speak to your heart. Allow God to meet you right where you are. Why, Colby? Why is that important? Because the more time you spend with someone, the more you become like that someone who you spend time with. Just be with Jesus. Become like Jesus. And just do what he would do if, if he were, were you. And the reason you are on this earth, the reason you are given this, this geography and placed in this generation is to make the greatest impact that you can in your life. Like, so this is what that means. You are not, you are not just a, a sophomore at Gannon or Mercyhurst or, or Barron. Like you are there to show everyone what it would look like if Jesus was a sophomore at Gannon or Mercyhurst or Barron. Are you with me? You're not just a nurse on an oncology floor at Hammett. You are there to show the world what it would look like if Jesus were giving bedside manner and administering medication and taking care of people on that oncology floor. You're not just a, a worker at some business. You are there to show the world what it would look like if Jesus were there. Not in gossip circles, not in backroom conversations, but speaking life into the other employees at Erie Insurance or at Wabtech. You are there for a purpose. Listen, you are not just some mother running around trying to, you know, keep things together, trying to hold the family intact, going from practice to practice. You're like a full-time Uber driver. You're planning meals, making meals, grocery shopping, saying the well, something for the millionth time over and over, doing laundry or diapers. You are not just a mom. You are there to show your family and show the world what it would look like if Jesus were doing that job. Are you with me? The hardest job on earth. And I need to say this for somebody who feels perhaps maybe insignificant today. Whether that's a mom or someone else or a single mom. See, it could be we're all about purpose, purpose, calling, all that stuff. I think that this young man, he was brought up in a family that valued um, success, valued uh, prestige, valued title over, over love and compassion and meaning. By the way, the fact that he's going to Jesus because he knows something's missing in his life. And I think, you know, what if, what if he hadn't gone away sad? think about that? Like, what if he had just, all right, all right, I'm going to do the thing that I wasn't expecting you to tell me. I'm going to follow you. He hadn't gone away sad. You know what? I believe that would have changed his whole family heritage. His children's lives would have been different. So could it be that 
the purpose that God has for your life is less about you and more about who you are raising. More about those coming after you. Could it be that the most valuable thing you can be as a, as a parent, as a mother or a father in this room is to, like, which is the greatest thing? Is it not? It's the bravest thing. It's the greatest thing. Like, I get it. But could it be that it's not about, you know, what if you were able to give your children things that perhaps you did not have growing up? Like, maybe you had to search for, for power and prestige and worth and value in someone else or encouragement and love in someone else but your kids won't have to in Jesus name because of you like maybe you know you got value and worth from position and title but your son won't have to because he's going to get that from you maybe you found love and affection and you felt beautiful running from from bed to bed because that's what what, what you needed in your life but your daughter won't have to maybe maybe it's some generational curse of alcoholism or abuse or anger or apathy or or something but in Jesus name your kid's not gonna have to experience that because you put an end to that curse you're saying no more something new starts with me I'm just saying it could be the greatest purpose of your life is not what God wants to do in you but through you to your children for generations to come would you stand to your feet let me say this Great question, great question. What do you want to be? Infinitely better question. Who has God called you to be? Because what you want to be sounds like your purpose is ultimately a destination that you arrive at one day. Can I tell you it's not? But a lot of us know and understand that purpose is a path, it's a journey. And who we're becoming today is so important to God, more about our character than just our calling. And then what would, what would Jesus do if he were you? God, I pray right now that we would understand that you have called us and created us and formed us, that you've given us a purpose and a plan for our life and that we would do everything that we can to, to figure out and discover what that is. For those in this room today with every head bowed every eye closed maybe your purpose begins with recognizing jesus as lord of your life he is the beginning and the ending of our life and in order to figure out that purpose once and for all it starts there it has to start there and the way it begins is we just confess jesus is lord the bible says with our lips and believe in our heart that god raised him from the dead because god sent his one and only son to pay for your sins and for my sins he didn't just save us from ourselves which he did thank God he did no more shame no more guilt but he also saved you for something that he created in advance of you and the way you get in on that is you first confess Jesus as Lord of your life and I want to lead you in a prayer that does that because it's the best place for you to start today maybe God's brought you to this moment begin a relationship with him. I'm not going to invite you to be a part of a church, but I do want to lead you in a prayer that invites you to be a part of God's family. And so with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you just say, Colby, that's why I'm here, I'm going to ask you right now to be bold, just to throw your hand up wherever you are, just lift it up high. Say, yeah, I'm going to confess today, 
Jesus is Lord of my life. I need him to be my savior. Go ahead and just lift it up wherever you are. I think there's something powerful in taking an act of surrender. And that's what we're doing by raising our hands saying, God, I'm yours. God, I'm yours. Yep, yep, I see you. Awesome, awesome. You can put your hands down. Let's pray this out loud together. Church, let's give courage to those around you praying. Just say something like this. Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for dying for my sin. I confess you as Lord and as Savior. And from this moment on, I'm going to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. God, I pray right now for those that said yes to following you. We celebrate with them. We know that you have good plans for their life. And a lot of those plans are getting started and just not for their life, God, but for every one of us. We're looking to get in on what you have called us to do and what you've created us to do. And we know you have good plans to prosper us, not to harm us, but to give us hope in a future in Jesus' name. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast. We hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it, so please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com slash yes. There will be some practical resources to help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate, go to elevatechurch.com slash give. Thank you for living generously. We hope you enjoyed this message. Have a great week.